0: Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing fantastic wherever you might be. Plenty to get to ahead on this edition of Locked on Cougars. We're going to talk some recruiting, BYU camps in full swing down there in Provo. High profile athletes going to be there over the next two weeks. I'm sure offers will be coming. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the recruiting world for the BYU football program. We'll also look back in BYU football history, talking about 1960 for the BYU football program how did things go for Tally Stevens in his second and final year as head coach. We'll break that down. And of course, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, including some postseason awards going out to the track and field teams as they head to the national championships this week. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today by our partners over at the Locked On Podcast Network and in particular, the Locked On College Football Channel. We have five specific shows which are dedicated to the power five conferences if you have an interest in the sec the big 12 acc big 10 or even the pac 12 well we have a podcast just for you you can search it out just like you search this one out on the podcast provider of your choice so without further ado let's dive in on a tuesday this is the locked on cougars podcast for may 8th 2021 What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. If you have not done so already, just another shameless plug for you guys to make sure you hit that follow button wherever you might be listening in from. And if you're new to the show, welcome on in. We are the only daily podcast focused on the BYU athletics programs, football and basketball in particular, but we cover it all. We talk about all the sports in the BYU athletic department and hope you guys will join us every single day as we aim to be your one stop shop for all the BYU sports news you guys need to know about each day and by extension we want to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room All right, getting going here on a Tuesday let's talk a little bit about recruiting for the BYU football program we talked about it last week June 1st was finally the end of the dead period it existed for over 15 months if I'm not mistaken where college football coaches are not allowed to go out and recruit athletes in person and also athletes were not available or not allowed, not available. They were not allowed to visit college campuses to see what was going on. So these recruiting classes, the last one in 2021, this next one in 2022, there's going to be certain athletes, in my opinion, who will have not actually been on the campus they signed with potentially in months, if not years. It's just crazy to think about, but that's kind of been the reality with the COVID-19 pandemic ongoing. Well, the good news is that dead period is over and BYU is diving in with football camps that began yesterday they'll be continuing on the campus of BYU over the majority of the next two weeks and I can tell you this much based on what I'm hearing there are a lot of big time athletes who will be making their appearances or being there for the camps getting their abilities shown to BYU coaches in person and I'm going to guess over the next two weeks on this podcast we're going to talk about some offers going out to some athletes who you probably have been wondering if they're going to get an offer well you know what a lot of coaches especially BYU they like to with, not withdraw but reserve scholarship offers until they see guys in person of course there are athletes out there who is very evident on film that okay that's a dude and we're going to offer him but there are a lot of other guys that you have questions about you say okay this film looks good but I just have a question when they get on the field at a camp like this this is when BYU's coaches are able to have their quote-unquote hands-on moment and and let these guys show what they can do. So some of the bigger names out there that I have heard gonna be at this include Isaiah Moa, who, funny enough, is a commit to the University of Utah. His dad is Ben Moa, the former Utah standout tight end. I'm hearing that he'll be in camp down there in Provo, checking things out. Waylon Lopuaho, George Miley, two big offensive lineman prospects from Bingham High School. Uh, guys like Vice Fua just up the road at Timview High School. Joe Brown from Lone Peak, an offensive. I think it's starting to blow up. He's is the younger brother of former BYU center Terrence Brown. If you remember uh, Terrence, he was a 350-pound mauler at center for BYU during his time. Well, Joe Brown is continuing on the family legacy there. I have watched him play at Lone Peak. Very impressed with him. He recently received offers from both Virginia and NC State, so he's starting to get Power 5 attention. And then other names that have uh, been filtering in, Braxton Feely, James Aloisio, I believe both of them are from Timview. I hear will be there. Cody Hagan from Corner. Canyon High School, the speedster wide receiver that BYU would love to sign in this class. Maddox Madsen from American Fork High School, the quarterback extraordinaire. He's got an offer from New Mexico and obviously trying to show what he can do to his hometown club just up the road there in Provo. There'll also be guys from the younger classes. We're talking 2023 and 2024 guys like McKay Hillstead from Sky Ridge High School, who I believe might be the best pure athlete on the football field this coming season in Utah high school football He's absolutely incredible. Crew McChesney, also of Lone Peak High School. His older brothers, both Jackson and Austin McChesney, have been members of the BYU football program. Also, Spencer Feneau, younger brother of Logan Feneau, who signed with BYU in this past recruiting class. He's from Timview High School. Another guy to keep an eye on. So it's going to be a very, very busy time for BYU. But the good news is you can expect to hear some scholarship offers being announced on Twitter by these young men as they get to work out for BYU coaches. And, Should be a fun time. I'm looking forward to it. I think BYU's got a lot of plans to offer quite a few of these guys during this period because as I mentioned, these coaches, they very much want to see these guys in person, get to see them, evaluate them with their own eyes and then make that determination. Okay, yeah, this guy's worthy of a scholarship offer. Let's go ahead and offer it now. Or you know what? We'll hold off for a little while longer and maybe see if we can get him as a preferred walk-on or something to that effect. Also, two guys I need to mention and this comes uh, via cooks Daily, the great work that the guys over there Sports Illustrated site for BYU do. They actually had two unofficial visitors last week speaking of the BYU football program and one of them actually caught my attention just looking at his film and I'm not sure what to make of this because it makes me wonder, okay, is this an offer that BYU is serious about or are they considering him as kind of a backup and that's the, a kid by the name of Tyler Little. Tyler Little uh, plays at Butte College out there in Northern Cal- California. Uh, the most famous alum out of Butte College, in my opinion, and probably I'm right about this, is Aaron Rodgers. Of course, the Green Bay Packers, an extraordinaire uh, Hall of Fame quarterback upcoming has won a Super Bowl well Tyler Little currently is playing out there at Butte College but has a very interesting background he had not played football since 8th grade he is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints he said a good friend from high school actually talked him into playing football but he had not played since 8th grade he got there to Butte College tried out as a 6 foot 6 offensive tackle his background is actually in basketball he had aspirations of playing collegiately in hoops but has decided to get football a try and his skill set he doesn't necessarily look all that polished at offensive line in the limited film that i saw of him on his huddle highlights but you can tell there are some building blocks to work with. He's still very skinny at 6'6". I would be surprised if he weighs in more than 270 pounds based on the film I saw. He still looks very skinny and likely will need to hit the weight room, but it's a very intriguing prospect. Uh, speaking of Tyler Little, uh, according to what Casey Lundquist wrote, he's actually going to be a guy who would be a late addition to the 2021 recruiting cycle, would come in and compete right away for playing time, be part of BYU's fall camp later on this summer, but of very interesting prospect in his own right and a name I mentioned earlier was the other unofficial visitor last week Lo, uh, not Logan Finot, Spencer Finot, the younger brother of Logan Finot from Timview High School. Uh, Spencer's a little different than Logan. Logan's a pure pass rushing specialist. Well Spencer Finot is going to be an offensive lineman and he's got this frame folks to be an absolute monster along the offensive line. So cool to see BYU already getting guys on campus through these camps. Also unofficial visitors and of course we'll have every Thing covered for you guys as we continue on in the lead up to uh, fall camp BYU media day where we're just over a week away from BYU football media day crazy to think about but we'll continue to break down everything that comes our way when it comes to your daily podcast right here on the locked on Cougars podcast all right coming up here in just a moment we will continue on with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown we open a new decade 1960 dawns. how will things go for the Cougars well some of you may know your history it did not go so great but we'll talk about that coming up here in just a minute today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Rock Auto folks they are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks and it's delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications and even the price points that you prefer best of all the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same professionals excuse me and do-it-yourselfers or what i like to call a try-it-yourselfer why to spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car truck or suv write locked on or locked on cougars in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you guys amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car truck or suv will ever need check them out at rockauto.com Continuing on now with our locked on Cougars look back at BYU football history. We're calling out our 100 seasons of BYU football. It's crazy to think folks. We started this what two months ago in 1896. And today we turn the page into the 1960s. The 1960 football season dawned with Tally Stevens entering his second season as the head coach of the BYU football program. We talked about how it did not go so great for him in 1959 as he took over for Hal. Cop who had been fired or let go due to a rumored NCAA rules violation. Well, Tally Stevens was an assistant for Hal Cop for all three years that Cop was the head coach at BYU. And the thought, as I mentioned yesterday as well, was that he would get things back on the right foot. Well, you would have thought in 1959, having guys like John Capelle, a guy like LeGrand Young, having a senior and junior-laden team would lead BYU to having success. Well, it didn't ultimately come to fruition that way. We talked about that yesterday and 1960 was quite possibly the worst thing that could happen to a second year head coach who was coming off a rough year and that is having a team that you really re- rebuilding and this is still in the era by the way folks of guys coming off freshman football while a sophomore was the first year you were eligible to play for the varsity team and BYU's team in 1960 the vast majority of them were seniors they did have uh, some moments of brilliance during this season a guy like Bud Belknap was their starting quarterback he was the senior on this team but by and large was a very, very young program and Tally Stevens paid the price as he had another losing season going just three and eight in his second and only uh, excuse me, not only season, but his second and final season as head coach of the BYU football program just was not the campaign he hoped for. And he ultimately decided to step down from his job, went into the sporting goods business and spent many, many years having success in that realm. But that three and eight record didn't come as easily as you probably would have hoped for speaking of BYU in 1960, but there is one notable name I want to talk about on today's show. We'll talk about how the season went overall, the campaign, the wins and losses here in a moment, but there is one name that is very synonymous with BYU football that most people will know that you need to know about with regards to this program, and that is the name of Eldon Forti, a graduate of Granite High School. Forti came to BYU as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, And obviously, we'll talk here in a couple of days about his stellar 1962 campaign, but. In 1960, he was just a sophomore on this team. Played both quarterback as well as some running back, halfback for BYU, but did not have a big, big role on this team. As a quarterback, uh, completed 5 of 20 passes, so a grand total of 25% completion percentage for 107 yards and threw two interceptions. Quarterback rating of 49.9. That is not great obviously, as two other quarterbacks Brent Hancock and Bud Belknap took most of the snaps there. But as As I mentioned, he also did take some snaps as a halfback, running 27 times for 53 yards and one touchdown, and helped the average of two-point yards. 2.0 yards per carry average. Bud Belknap, funny enough, as a starting quarterback, ended up being BYU's leading rusher on the season with 241 yards and two touchdowns. He also had three touchdowns passing against eight interceptions. This was another year marked by BYU's inability to really score at a high clip, and it just did not work out for BYU. Plain and simple. Just talking about this, looking back through the records and whatnot, just was not that type of a year. But it set the framework a couple of years later later for what Eldon Forti would go on to be, an All-American, a guy who really just stood out, ended up playing professional football for a short time, but ended up being just an all-time legend, the Phantom Forti. If you know that nickname, Yeah. This is the guy, Eldon Forti, was who we're talking about. But the 1960 season just was something that you just couldn't have as a head coach, speaking of Tally Stevens, who's already probably under the gun, obviously being linked to Hal Kopp. He had pressure on him, and they have a disappointing season with a senior-laden team. Well, you better be able to rebuild on the fly, and that just did not happen in 1960. But the season opened up fine enough. BYU hosted Cal Poly, the Mustangs, in Provo at Cougar Stadium, and absolutely routed Cal Cal Poly, 34-14 in front of 4,400 fans, but then they went on a three-game road trip where their offense just did not do them any favors. They went to San Jose State, lost 21-8, to 8, then played at Colorado State, losing 8-7, just an absolute grinder there in Fort Collins, and then finished up that road slate at it with a game at Utah at Ute Stadium, and were shut out 17-0. The offense didn't show up. 21,079 fans were on hand for that game, but just did not work out. And then BYU came home to take on number 18 Arizona State for uh, se- uh, not senior day for homecoming excuse me on October 15th well Sun Devils as I mentioned ranked number 18 in the country just absolutely trounced the Cougars 31 to nothing in front of 8,800 fans the biggest home crowd of the season if I'm not mistaken was that game BYU did bounce back to next week winning seven to six in Missoula over Montana in front of 4,500 fans so that got them to two and four on the season then they went to Utah State and once again for the third time on the season were shut out 34 to nothing Utah State in this season was absolutely marvelous 9-2 and two overall 6-1 and one. if I'm not mistaken this is the Utah State team that featured Merlin Olsen like the Merlin Olsen who was an absolute legend around these parts in the state of Utah yeah that Utah State then BYU hosted New Mexico lost 27-15 to 15, got their third win of the season the next week in Denver against the Pioneers 19-6 to six, and then finished off the year with back. Back to back losses hosting Wyoming, th- losing 30 to 6 there in Provo, and then traveling to Hawaii on November 25th uh, Thanksgiving weekend the Cougars lost that game to the Rainbows 13-6 to cap off a disappointing season BYU for their troubles finished in 6th place for the second straight year with an identical 2-5 and record to what they had in 1959 in the Skyline Conference 3-8 and eight overall the only two teams finishing worse than them were two teams well one of them they beat Denver but Colorado State their only win on the season in conference play yes over BYU 8-7 to seven. so just a season that BYU likely would be happy to forget. It did make way, as I mentioned, Tally Stevens is stepping out of the way when six and 15 in his two short years at the helm of the BYU football program for Hal Mitchell to take over. And we'll talk about 1961 tomorrow. Eldon tie begins to emerge a little bit despite a really, really rough season for the Cougars in the Skyline Conference. We'll touch on that on tomorrow's edition of Of the podcast. All right, coming up here in a minute, though, we will catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Tuesday. We'll get to that here in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Bar. I absolutely love Bilt Bars. I don't know how many more times I can say it, but what I love about Bilt Bars is they have a varied taste to fit anybody's palate, and I mean that sincerely. They have nine delicious flavors that they call their base flavors. I'll run them down real quick for you. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's one that'll fit your palate. I believe that sincerely. In addition to those nine base flavors, they often are offering what they call limited time flavors. I got my orange bars last week. I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, we received a brand new flavor, by the way, grasshopper cookie, and it was absolutely divine, folks. Incredible. The best part about these bars is they taste like a candy bar. You will never crave a protein bar until you have a Built Bar, in my personal opinion. You may disagree, but that's just my personal opinion. The best part about them, high protein, high fiber, low calorie, low sugar. They're the perfect complement wherever you're at in your health journey. You're trying to cut weight like me, maintain weight, but you also want to get that sweet fix, indulge in a delicious treat. Do it with Bilt Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, place your order. Order. While you're there, when you make that order, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. You heard that right, LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Take advantage of it now and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars, all courtesy of BuiltBar. All right, folks, before we go here on a Tuesday, we want to talk a little bit about BYU track and field. But as I was reviewing my notes before opening this third and final segment of the podcast, I failed to note one notable player from the 1960 BYU football program that I wanted to highlight that I failed to just, I glossed over it looking over my notes that I had written up for the show. And that is I wanted to shout out Bruce Samples. He was a halfback for the BYU football program during the season, played alongside Eldon Forty as Forty split time between quarterback and running back as we talked about, but Bruce Samples, according to BYU's Banyan, their yearbook they put out annually for the better part of 80 years, actually mentioned that Samples later became the nation's number one kickoff returner on the season in 1960. Unfortunately, despite my digging to see what the stats were, I just could not find the stats for it. I do know in the Utah game that BYU lost, he had both a 40 and a 45 yard kick return that, according to the newspaper article I read dazzled the crowd was the quote. And if he did that on a regular basis, there's no reason to think that he absolutely wasn't the top returner in the college ranks that year. But Bruce samples, I did want to give him a little bit of a shout out here on locked on Cougars as part of that 1960 breakdown. All right. Now on to other business before we go here on a Tuesday, got to say congratulations to the BYU men's and women's track and field athletes, as well as coaches on receiving six total honors by the U S track and field and cross country coaches association. You know, it better athlete. U-S-T-F-C-C-C-A. You probably have been listening to this podcast way too long if you know that inside joke, but I appreciate all of you who've been listening that long, sincerely. All right, anyways, uh, this Cougar 6 Combined Awards marked the most earned by any NCAA Division I program for the 2021 outdoor track and field season. BYU is followed by LSU at 5, N-C-A-N-T with 5, Alabama with 4, and Ohio State with 4. Who says BYU is not a Power 5 Conference. Folks, uh, congratulations by the way. First off, to Ed stone he was named Mountain Region Coach of the Year. Absolutely well-deserved there. Connor Mance was named Men's Trath- Track Athlete of the Year. Guy has a distance-running machine. Absolutely phenomenal. Also Cameron Bates, he was named Mountain Region Men's Field Athlete of the Year. He has topped 229 feet 8 inches in the javelin six times this year. He is an absolutely incredible athlete. He's qualified for the U.S. Olympic trials already as he heads to the NCAA championships this weekend. Congratulations to him. Kyle Grossarth, who is Mountain Region Men's Assistant Coach of the Year. He led seven entries into the Sprint, Hurdle, or Relay Group in the NCAA West Preliminary Round. Uh, All-Americans Michael Bluth, Colton Yardy, working under Kyle Grossarth. Congratulations to him. And then on the women's side of things, Whitney Orton, the All-American, just absolutely incredible. She was named Mountain Region Women's Track Athlete of the Year. And Diljeet Taylor, who was the national coach of the year in track and field leading the BYU women's cross country program to a national title well she's got named mountain region women's assistant coach of the year very much well deserved on her part she has coached 22 athletes in 22 entries excuse me in distance events at the NCAA division one preliminary round Diljeet Taylor BYU is lucky to have her as a coach she is an Absolutely incredible coach and congratulations to her. Uh, She is the first women's assistant coach to receive outdoor recognition since the USF TCCCA began presenting that award in 2007. So congratulations once again to her on those honors and all of the athletes and coaches, all six of them getting those honors. They will be participating in the NCAA championships beginning this Excuse me, tomorrow, not this Thursday, tomorrow up there at Hayward Field at the University of Oregon in Eugene. We'll be rooting the Cougars on, hoping that they can get some good showings. I believe 24 total entries into the NCAA championships. There's no reason to think that BYU absolutely can't make a run at a national title and hopefully have a very high finish regardless up there in Eugene. All right, that is going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the show. Cannot thank you guys enough for your continued support of the podcast. It's an absolute privilege to talk BYU sports with you guys on the daily. Make sure if you haven't done so already, follow the show on social media Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. You can follow my personal Twitter feed if you so desire at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, Feel free to email us uh, comments, concerns, questions, whatever you might have. Email the show LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for June 8th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.